It's fall in these United States. In autumn, the plants release the spectrum of colors they've so lovingly stored all summer long. The forests break out into a bright harlequin face for visitors and residents alike. Yes, the colors of autumn remind all of us that many plants are in the throes of death. The bright reds, oranges, and yellows are like silent screams of agony as the leaves fall in tight spirals of despair. Underneath the oaks, birches, and poplars, the corpses of leaves stack up, forming a thick carpet of decaying matter. Yes, it's fall in these United States. Come on out and watch everything die. Well, that's duck logic with one way of looking at the changing of the seasons. But many people look forward to fall every year because that's hunting season. Before the sun rises, and long after it sets, you will hear him. Down deserted country roads, through crowded city streets, you will see him. Before you know it, he's at your side. Before you can shout, he's left you. Many have seen him. No one knows him. He's the jogger. He'll enter your life. He'll trip over your dog. He'll cut in front of your car. He's the jogger. classical combination of food and entertainment has made a household word of the term dinner theater. There just isn't a better way to spend an evening than with an overpriced steak and a way, way off-Broadway version of a proven money-making production. Doctors will tell you that a good show will make any meal taste better. That's why we're absolutely positive that you'll just love Laszlo McKinnon's Lunchtime Theater. Gently nestled in the quad parlor of the newly built Ethico Office Park on Route 73 just outside of Illinois, Illinois, Laszlo McKinnon's Lunchtime Theater brings you condensed versions of the classics you've come to know and love. You'll eat, see a show, and digest both on your lunch hour. Grab your favorite lunchtime edibles from the seven conveniently located fast food stands around the perimeter of the quad. Then plant yourself firmly on one of the cushioned swivel seats to watch your choice of the three shows performed simultaneously every day at Laszlo McKinnon's Lunchtime Theater. This week's shows are Oklahoma in front of the taco stand, Cats on the median between parking lots, and West Side Story in and around the salad bar. Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. I'd like to be in America, okay by me in America, everything free in America, where the waving wind, it sure smells sweet, when the wind comes right behind the rain. And if that wasn't enough, this week also features the premiere of Laszlo McKinnon's Cigarette Break Theater. Every afternoon, for one five-minute show only, it's Sid Caesar and Caesar Romero in Neil Simon's The Odd Couple. You are too messy. I am too messy. Yes, You're you too are. neat. You're driving me nuts with the neatness of there fixing is... up. This is my apartment, not your apartment. There what is you... mess everywhere. There mm. is mess. I left the mess everywhere. I put mm -hmm. mess everywhere. Mm -hmm. Ding dong, ding dong, mm -hmm. one dong, e bong, mm -hmm. ding dong. What are you doing mm -hmm. with the head there? Mm -hmm. What are you pushing mm -hmm. on your head? What is I that? I have trouble with my sinuses ever since Batman. 
So whether it's a burger and fries, all the salad you could eat, or just one too many martinis, you'll be turning your lunch hour into an entertainment extravaganza at Laszlo McKinnon's Lunchtime Theater in the quad parlor of Effigo Office Park on Route 73, just outside of Illinois, Illinois. Hello, this is WLUP AM 1000 in Chicago. You're listening to the Duck Logic Comedy Cavalcade. My name is David, and it's time for one of my favorite parts of the show, and of course, that's Career Corner. Today on uh, Career Corner, we have a guest whose commercial you just heard before my show, Laszlo McKinnon, and uh, he's the owner and uh, creator of Laszlo McKinnon's Lunchtime Theater. Welcome to the show, Laszlo. Uh, thank you very much, David. Uh, it's very good to be here. Uh, it's good to have you. First, I would like to correct uh, and say uh, I, it was a joint project, oh, yeah. the Lunchtime Theater, which I did with the Reader's Digest acting troupe. Ah, uh, ah. This is a series we like to call Condensed Classics. Condensed Classics. Yeah. And I've been out there. I, I uh, had a burger and fries, swallowed a Coke, mm. and I saw uh, Cats and Oklahoma. I caught both at the same time. Very interesting stuff. Isn't that nice? I liked it. That I you liked can it. do that? I it sounds it. like songs in the round. <laughs> but you have many different songs and many different performances in the round all at the same time. Do you know, David, when I went to see uh, shows on the Broadway, mm -hmm. the Great White Way, yeah, I said to myself, I saw this, and I said, a lot of fluff, you know, a lot of Well, fluff. they're long, yeah. They're, they're big uh, to-dos, the productions. Uh, and it, it doesn't, you don't need all that. I mean, when I went to see Cats, uh, which I love, you know, I love cats very much. Very, very pretty. But I, yeah. I heard the first bar of the first song, and that was enough for me. I left the theater. I was satisfied. Fulfilled. I felt like I'd gotten my money's worth of the ticket. I, I felt as if I'd seen cats. I didn't need to see any more. I got the idea. Well, once you see one cat, you've pretty much seen them all yeah, anyway. <laughs> You're very oh, funny. Yes, You're yes. very funny. So, I, I think this uh, goes for dramatic presentations also. You know, uh, one show that I thought was all padding was the Nicholas Nickleby. Oh, the Charles Dickens 12-hour... Uh, Eight, whatever, eight, whatever it was, it was, pretty long, it was yeah. way too long obviously he had never had an editor on that uh, thing or whatever he did he made a big mistake with it mm -hmm. but what happens was we look at it and we say it's essentially a very good drama uh, what happens essentially a poor man meets a lot of people has some misadventures and finds happiness you know uh, so we shortened it it is now we shortened it to uh five minutes Five minutes. And uh, we call it Nick Nick. Yeah, <laughs> Sometimes Nick, call it Nick, Nick Square. Squared. Sure. Yeah, you Nick heard Squared. That, I yeah. have. I have heard about it. I, I was talking with some of the background people you have working with you while I was right. over there. I, I like to do a little bit of background uh, info when I know I'm going to be doing an in oh, interview uh, of this magnitude. It's very well so, appreciated. So you're, and you're, now you have another thing out there, and I didn't get a chance to see this, but although The, the Odd Couple is one of my very favorite plays of all uh. time, and it's called Coffee Break Theater. Is Coffee that Break. And that is what we use Nicholas Nickleby for, the five-minute production. Ah. Today we are doing, a, for three months, we are doing a five-minute odd couple. Because the odd couple is very simple. Now, how, I mean, how did you get Sid Caesar? I, I hate to interrupt you here, but how did you get Sid Caesar to do this? I, well, you know, uh, he was uh, in that detox. How do you say that? 
detox de- detoxification yeah, yeah and uh, he came out and uh, had no money and nothing to do we said you can you can come over yeah i heard he didn't make a lot off those ice cream no commercials he made no not, money off those he was mm-hmm. totally ripped off but the interesting thing uh, david uh, we will have an understudy week mm-hmm. uh coming up in three weeks for this five minute odd couple in which the understudies will be charlie callis oh uh, taking caesar's <laughs> role and that would be one of oh that guy that guy's and, an uh, absolute and, nut. and uh, caesar romero's role of felix we will have cw mccall oh the convoy man yeah, he sang that song Convoy. Convoy. We got us <laughs> a convoy. We well, got us a convoy. Well, you ought to, everyone out there listening ought to get themselves a convoy and get on out there to, uh, that's just outside of Illinois, Illinois. Ethico Office Park. On Route 73, Laszlo McKinnon's Lunchtime Theater and Laszlo McKinnon's Coffee Break Can Theater. Can I say something now? Am I going to be able to stop you? I, I, <laughs> no, go ahead. Don't even Let try. <laughs> I'm announcing auditions for what is going to be my greatest work. Uh, uh, I'm working now with the Purist Theatre Company, and we are going to be doing, David, a full-scale reenactment of the drama we all collectively know as the Civil War. Oh, hey, that that sounds like... uh, So you you condense it right on down? No condense, no No, condense. This is the Purist Theatre Company. David, we will have every bullet that was fired... Every order that was screamed, it's going to be a four-year show. It's going to include every person who was in the original war. There will be an actor playing his part. Every little cog in that great wheel we know is the Civil War. It's going to be an incredible production. That's absolutely it's fantastic. It's going to start in 1990 and will end in 1994. I see. Well, you. How do you? This is amazing. I, I haven't heard anything about this. Read anything about this? Have you been planning it for quite a while? You... We've been planning it for a good three, four months now. Uh, we got the idea from the television miniseries Blue and the Gray, uh, oh. which inspired us. But barely, it really barely scratched the incredible sense of, uh, oh, I would say, tedium that probably accompanied that war. And, oh, certainly. Uh, well, well, that's what we're trying to get at, really. So right. what does something of this magnitude cost? It must be just... Well, uh, original estimates, uh, the pre-production cost is somewhere in the neighborhood of 30, 40 million. Uh, the burning of Atlanta alone is oh. going to cost uh, <laughs> 10 to 15 million uh, for what we will burn of it. Uh, it's going to take, uh, David, three years to block this production uh, oh. to find uh, the people. the stage bill uh, which lists all the actors and their roles oh my uh, god that must be so it's the size of the uh, New York phone, phone book, book. yes god, it's huge. you're going to pass one of these out to everybody which, who, who buys a ticket buys and the tickets ticket, which uh, must be pretty hefty if you're going to be giving out New York phone book well you know a four year production that's one heck of a show David and uh uh, tickets are $30,000. $30,000 a piece. But uh, for Can senior citizens, get a 15% discount. And uh, also, with each ticket, you will get a free drink ah, at well, the Acapulco Bar. Certainly the, the kind of incentive that will have people rushing out to buy tickets. Now, can you buy tickets for a certain section? Or, or is this pretty much a... There one? will be buses that will take you around to various uh, wars, war zones, uh, but you, it is up to you. You can wander the war zones. Uh, you, but there's no buying tickets, say, for one day or for a month's no, worth. No, no, absolutely not. You either buy the whole production. You don't come in in the middle of a show. Now, that's they true. do not that's sell true. tickets on Broadway to come in in halftime uh, you know, and watch the last half of Cat or whatever. You know, God knows why you would want to when you can come see it at my theater for a 20-minute production, which has all the essential songs. But... Uh, 
this this you will have to buy the full ticket and like i say 15 percent discount for senior citizens and children under six uh, that's incredible are not so now you've actually gotten the land back from i mean a lot of the land now that was once in the civil war has been developed by well uh, communities. you know actually we will uh, just go around them uh there's nothing we can do about what is already there I david see, yeah. well uh, we'll just go and fight the war around the houses or whatever is in the way now what about an actor who say maybe gets killed off in the first couple of days of the civil war we're looking for reality here david uh -huh. and he will just have to lay down on the ground for whatever the duration. The duration of the play. He will get paid. You well, know. he'll you be in character. That. Sure, <laughs> sure. As long as he portrays a, 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 a dead a man. Dead man. That's he'll great. be in character, uh, certainly. And um, we're not paying equity. We're not an equity production. So you know why? So we can open it up to all the young actors who oh, really need right. a good There's part. a lot of actors out there I know looking for jobs today. And oh, this, this yes. certainly is going to have tons of at least walk-on parts, if nothing else. Incredible numbers. Um, no, yes, incredible numbers. Of now, parts. what about parking? I know for a Parking in New size, Mexico and Nebraska. Just anywhere in the state? Anywhere in the state. Just drive across the state line and get out. Get out. And uh, they'll send a shuttle, pick you up, and uh, pretty much. bring you right to the front zones. One other question, and this is kind of on my mind. You're, you know, you're going to be, as you said... Reproducing every facet of the Civil War. Every single... Now, what about the weather? What, what can you really do about the weather? David, you bring up a good, good point there. There's nothing we can do about the weather again. Uh, mm. So what we will do is, is pretend, act. We will do some acting, some uh, acting. you know, and uh, then we will just act. If it was a hot day, then we will act like it is a hot day, even if it is raining. Even if it is not. You know, that is just... Well, that shows the dedication that you're putting into this Well, that's production. where acting comes in. That's where we need good actors, and auditions will be strenuous. Laszlo McKinnon. McKinnon. Is there anything else you'd like to tell us about? I'd like to tell you about the one-man show that I started directing. Oh, another, another No, this will be very quickly, very quickly. <laughs> it's a 40-year show. It's also with the Purist Theater Company. Uh -huh. It's called Ben Franklin. The Key to the Future, in which my good friend Leif Zantini is reenacting Ben Franklin's life for the next 40 years. In every day by day. moment of his life, he's going to eat all the dinners and meals that this man Living ate. Living where he left, walking where he walked. Loving where he loved. Talking where he talked. And, this is incredible. Uh, it's a 40-year show. This is absolutely incredible. incredible. Certainly a new direction, I think, here in acting. And yes, in, thank in, you very much, David. And it's been wonderful and to be here. And it's been wonderful to have you. Laszlo McKinnon. And get out there and see Laszlo McKinnon's Lunchtime Theater. I know you'll have a real good time. I might have some comps for you for the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> Don't kid me like that. He's getting my appetite wet. This is David Dunlosky for the Career Corner on the Duck Logic Comedy Cavalcade on the Loop. WLUP AM 1000. Let's get back into the comedy. I shouldn't say this, but it's Fred Travelina dead. Uh, there are a certain number of celebrities where, I don't know about you guys, but you'll announce that so-and-so died, and you go, I thought he was already dead. You know, so That's the appropriate response. Fred Travelina might be one of those guys who go, yeah, I figured he already kind of passed. John Biner would have been, like, he'd be like 100, right? If any of those impersonators. Rich, is Rich Little still alive? I thought he just passed away. Jackie Vernon? Is Jackie Vernon left Retroation. Here yeah. we are. Here Fred, I am at the camp. Fred Travelina died in 09. Oh, wow, wow. He was pretty old, right? Born in 42, so do your math. Oh, oh 67. Uh, who was the other one we were talking about? Other Johnny Biner. John Biner. Oh, John Biner. Oh, yeah. I remember, yeah. Didn't, didn't he go to England or something? Was he the one that went to England and became like a huge star in England? No. No? Oh, he's still alive. He's 83. That sounds possible. Okay, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw two more impersonators out there. David Fry. Oh, he's dead. 
dead. My phone is already guessing that I'm. He died in, was, in 2011. And he was old, I'm sure. Uh, he was born in 33. He, he was doing Nixon impersonations. Yeah, he was kind of old. Yes, excuse me, but when I was in seventh grade for my birthday, I got Richard Watergate a fantasy, and it was one of the funniest impersonation albums of that. Oh, moment. there, yeah, that's that showed up on my Google search. Richard yes. Nixon a fantasy. Okay, and then the last person, of course, has to be Rich Little, the greatest impersonator. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's still. Actually, I think he's still around. Yeah, he might not be as old as we think he is. He might be only like 80. Uh, he's 82. Didn't know he's Canadian. Yeah, he's a Canuck. Yeah, but he's still around. Yeah. Oh, man, how many wives does he have? Four. <laughs> All right. Way to go. Yeah, right. I think it was if they wouldn't give him a son. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? yes. He needed a little impression of himself. Oh, King Richard. And he's got two children. One's Lindsay, Lindsay. So it's probably a girl. And Bria. Yeah, you're right. Two but what, girls. He, he just did something, I think, like a documentary on impersonators or something. Like, like a that. ball movement? Or... <laughs> I hope so. Good boy, Rich. Good boy. But impersonators were such a valid point of all those shows. I mean, does anybody do impersonations anymore? The like only Cal, what's his name? Cal Frank Cayendo is the only one I can yeah, think of. Yeah, yeah, that guy. He, he, but he's not really doing much. I haven't seen him anywhere. No, it definitely was an era. I thought they were hip, and maybe it was Vegas and Johnny Carson, and because like in the old days, those people. Am I wrong about that? Like it would have been more like variety show. They would have opened there. I don't think they were. Were they headliners? Impersonators. Do you remember they, so. there was a show called wasn't it Copycats where they, oh, yeah. yes. all they did just yeah. them right for it, yeah and every, pretty much everybody we mentioned Rich Little and John Viner the great George Kirby that's right Frank Gorshin Frank oh, yeah, right? Gorshin yeah. and right now anybody under the age of ninety one is spellbound. <laughs> yeah. We need to bring back those kind of ads. We need to bring back that jugglers should be brought back to television again. Or- How about you get a juggler that does impersonation? So it's like, oh well, this is what it would be if Johnny. You, know, you have to go to Vegas for that, Dave. I mean, come on. That's pretty high class. I don't know. It must have been like the tail end of vaudeville and all that kind of live performing before there was television, you know? Um, yeah. Well, um, okay. We're going to cut this one short and get on with the rest of the hilarity from our old radio days on WLUP in Chicago, Dr. Demento, and, and, and elsewhere in the country. Before we do, though, uh, I want to let everyone know that this is going to be the last show of the first season of the Duck Logic Comedy Half Hour. A lot of podcasts have seasons, we thought, so why should we be any different? The show's our 25th. That's a good number of shows in a season. I mean, the SVU only goes to like 22, I think, uh, you know. Heck, some of those British detective shows you see on Prime only have six shows in a season, or some only three, for crying out loud. So we're pausing at 25. Our second season will start in just a couple weeks, so you won't have long to wait. So yeah, anyway, that's that, and uh, on with the second half of the show. Enjoy. It's time for the game show where the end justifies the means. Hurt the hero. Now here's your host, Jim Sweat. <laughs> a heroic hello. I am Jim Sweat, your host for tonight's ugly turn of events. A little refresher for those of you who are listening for the first time. The way the show works is very simple. We find someone the American public idolizes and inflict pain on their person. The method or weapon used for the pain infliction is picked by a contestant 
who is randomly selected from a West Virginia phone book. At the end of the game, we award our contestant with a home version of the game and around-the-clock police protection. Today, we're graced with the presence of fading military hero, Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North. A hero's welcome, Ollie. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> I can't have any of that, Ollie. You're a Marine, huh? Sands of Iwo Jima, the proud, the dropouts from your high school class? Thank God someone can. Of course, that won't do you any good. You're on a sinking ship no matter what happens. Let's get the Lieutenant Colonel a Kleenex or a hanky, please. Now it's time to meet our lucky contestant. He's 26 years old from Charleston, West Virginia. He once bought a watermelon shot after he had just taken a breath mint. <laughs> Let's have a hurt the hero hurrah for Jay Berg. I still could use that breath mint now, Jim. <laughs> How right you are, Jay. Are you ready to start the fun, Jay? Non-stop, 24 hours a day, fire away. Okay. Remember, Jay, you will only get one weapon choice. However, you have nine to choose from. Be careful and take your time. You may choose from one of three blunt objects. One, a cement block. Yeah. Two, a crowbar. Or three, Don Rickles. Okay. Or a sharp object. One, a knife. Two, cheddar cheese. Uh -huh. Or three, George Washington's nose on Mount Rushmore. And last but not least, you may choose one of three head-banging objects. One, a mallet. Two, a road jackhammer. Or three, any Metallica song. Okay, yeah, right. okay the Hurt the Hero Orchestra will play a popular selection while you make your decision, Jay. Oh, I recognize that. That that that's the bird. Turn, turn, turn. Where do I win? No, you're not supposed to guess the song, Jay. You're oh, supposed to choose that. a weapon. A weapon. Okay, choose a see. weapon, not the song. Okay, let's see now. I, uh, I like Don Rickles, but uh -huh. uh, I don't know. I don't think I would use that one. Right. Uh, let's see. A, a knife. I don't have the dexterity to hold a knife. Right. Cheddar cheese I only use on certain types of food, so I don't know about that either. Okay, this um, is a weapon, Jay. A weapon, right. See, you know. Is Metallica a loud song? Very loud. Okay, then I'll take the road jackhammer. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, for sure, yeah. Is it final then? <laughs> yeah, for Ollie it is. <laughs> <laughs> How perceptive and witty, Jay. Thank you very much. You can go back and get the jackhammer while I tend to our victim. Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North is being led blindfolded to the front of the stage, placed in a chair, but first a word from Mr. North. I'm going to let my pants. Judging by the looks of those field pants, I'd say that line of duty has already been taken care of. I never once felt I was misrepresenting the American public. We were dealing with... And thank God someone had the guts to come forward and put their reputation on the... Boy, Jay, just like the public executions in Iran, what do you got to say for yourself, you little turncoat? Can I do it again, Jim? Only if you don't hold up my lane of traffic on the drive home. Hot dog! If you're tired of the good standing of certain public officials or celebrities and you'd like to see them handled in a similar style, just send a brief biography on a postcard along with your name and address to Hurt the Hero. I'm Jim Sweat, bidding adieu and reminding you that heroes are so hard to find and even harder to get rid of. Attention, attention please, for an announcement from our CEO and founder, Mr. J. Jasper Filigree.
Why, thank you, young man. As many of you know, in its distinguished 78-year history, our company has never had in place a formal set of work dress parameters. We in management felt our employees were capable of finding their own balance and proper decorum. Needless to say, on the continuum of industry standards regarding clothing guidelines, we continually fell near the most varied and creative. Since the merger, however, our new parent company's consultants have strongly suggested curtailing this free-form dress policy. To that end, they have walked us through an extensive set of boundaries regarding proper garment choice. The mode of attire, for instance, favored by the sales force in recent years, must now be drastically modified. We regret to inform sales personnel, who have had a stellar third quarter, on the whole, by the way, that as of today, cod pieces are not considered appropriate fashion accessories on-premises between the hours of 8.30 and 6. While we accept, though guardedly, their explanation as to why cod pieces increase sales, we can no longer allow the use of this article of clothing. Additionally, until further notice, administrative assistants and receptionists will not be permitted to wear fossils. Though admittedly quaint and comely, we have gotten a number of side comments from visiting clients, and far too many knickknacks have been broken in the front trophy cases. Snoods will still be permitted under the new rules, through much negotiation, though restricted to a pre-approved size and color scheme, which is forthcoming. Furthermore, it has come to our attention that a core group of loading dock personnel have taken to wearing cloaks. This, we are sorry to say, effective immediately, must cease. As much as it might be an expression of personal preference, religious leanings, or panache, as the foreman put it, it is in fact an OSHA regulation and puts the delivery drivers ill at ease. As a preemptive measure, this also applies to cowls, riding hoods, kimonos, and capes. These new restrictions pertain also to the later hosen craze that seems to be sweeping the intern pool of late. Though a quick internet search does indeed confirm a bonnet and lederhosen trend, this motif does not mesh with our current cultural redirection. Dickies will remain acceptable attire, although shirts must now be worn over them at all times. This pertains also to bow ties, ascots, and cummerbunds. Bodices, knickers, and spats will, until further notice, be relegated to casual Fridays only. Until an official list of guidelines is distributed, please let common sense prevail. We hope that these new rules do not interfere with the fun atmosphere we in management have tried to foster over the years. But forward movement is never without some personal sacrifice. Thank you for your anticipated cooperation. And now, it's time for the most action-packed adventure charge show of all time. They're trying to kill me! My name is Bart Stable. I'm an average man. I have the same needs as other beings, and as far as I know, I have no enemies. One thing's for sure, though. They're trying to kill me. This week, Bart tries to pick up a girl at the laundromat. Excuse me, miss. Uh, have you got any anti-static dryer sheets? Sure, take one. <laughs> These things are great. They really keep your clothes from sticking together. I wonder what they're made of. Well, chemicals, I suppose. Chemicals? <laughs> yeah, right, chemicals. Good comeback. I'm Bart. Bart Stable. Hello, Bart Bart. I'm Linda. Oh, no, just one Bart. Oh. <laughs> Say, do you want me to pay you for this anti-static dryer sheet? Oh, no, don't be ridiculous. Duck! Oh, uh, what's going on? Bullets. Watch out. I I'm sorry, Linda. I it's just, they're trying to kill me. Bullets, more of them. Those things will rip through you in a minute. Uh, stay down. This always happens. Got them. Good to know I can still fire my own bullets if I want to. 
Oh, look, Linda, your dryer's done. Oh, thanks. Go ahead, stand up. It's okay for now. So, Linda, I don't suppose you'd want to go out on a date with a guy who they're trying to kill, huh? Well, who are they? They? You mean the people who are trying to kill me? Mm Mm-hmm. Doesn't really matter, does it? Doesn't make much difference. You still wouldn't go out with me, would you? No, I'm I'm a school teacher. Well, please, and I you just... don't have to explain. Anyways, I don't know who they are. Thanks for the anti-static dryer sheet. Chemicals. <laughs> That's rich. So ends another episode of They're Trying to Kill Me. Tune in again next week when Bart attends his high school reunion and finds himself dancing in Hokey Pokey of Death. Well, there you have it, the Duck Logic Comedy Half Hour, show number 25. Featuring, in alphabetical order, David Denlosky, Ann and Walter Mitchka, James F. Russell, and Tim Thomas. Join us next season, won't you? If you like what you heard, subscribe to the Comedy Half Hour and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Our website is ducklogiccomedy.com, and our old cable show is Cableville USA, and it's on YouTube somewhere. Portions of this show were previously broadcast on the radio back in the day under the copyright of Duck Logic Limited and the licenses of WLUP AM and FM in Chicago. See you next season, which will start really only in a few weeks from now. So, uh, bye.